0: Welcome back to the Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm one of your hosts, Mike D'Angelo. And today I'm joined not by my usual cohorts, Charles Barfield and Brian Farver, but by a former special guest host, New York film critic and podcast host, Jeff Zhang of Strange Harbors. Welcome back, Jeff. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, super pumped to have you back. And and we're talking Marvel again. It's funny that we do uh, two Marvel movies when we have you back. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, the big one that everyone's been talking about this week, Marvel Studios and Chloe Zhao's epic Eternals. We're going to talk about the movie uh, as spoiler free as possible up front and then get into some spoiler territory towards the end, kind of like we did last time with Shang-Chi. Before we do, I've got to tell you that the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Discourse, Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall and more. It can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher and now Spotify. Follow us on any and all of those and you'll get this podcast as well as our other shows regularly and feel free to drop us a comment or rating as we do appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about those 10 ultra powerful immortal characters that have always existed in the MCU and have loved humanity, but not enough to really do much for humanity until now. Uh, But before we do that, maybe uh, I think we did this last time, but just for our listeners, how about we give them a reference for what we consider kind of top tier Marvel And bottom tier Marvel. Do you have any, a few movies that you consider maybe the best and the worst to kind of give an audience a way to gauge their taste off of yours?
1: Ooh. Yeah. Uh, We do this every, we do this every time. And then I feel like my answers change every single time. I don't know. Mine too, with every Um, rewatch. I love, um, Iron Man 3. I'm very different. I feel like people don't really yeah. like the Marvel films that I like. That's fine. I like, but I, it's like a mix of things that um are very very popular and then other things that are sort of controversial. I, I really do like Iron Man 3. I love Shane Black's take on the on the character and I love the twists in that movie. Um Trevor Slattery? Yeah, Trevor Slattery. <laughs> <laughs> I love Captain America: Civil War, obviously yes. Winter Soldier's great. Um i mean infinity war endgame back to back um some nice emotional closure to to some of the biggest characters in the mcu which which i really really do like yeah uh thor ragnarok yeah um non-controversial answer there but um yeah uh, you'd be
0: surprised i see a lot of people crap on thor ragnarok for some reason and it is uh tremendously rewatchable
1: yeah i think there's just like Backlash for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a Taiko ITD thing. I don't know. Who knows? Could be. Could um, be. But there's there's hefty discourse around this one too. So.
0: Yeah. What would you consider bottom tier?
1: Bottom tier. I mean, Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. uh mm-hmm. People hate Iron Man two, but I think Iron Man two is like mid tier. It's fine. Yeah. I really uh, like Iron Man two. Some of them put them on the bottom. I don't know why yeah. it's on the bottom for some of these people ant-man and the wasp oh yeah uh, nothing that'll really surprise people i think
0: i mean mine are Uh, mine are pretty similar anything the russo brothers did winter soldier civil war thor ragnarok guardians you know those uh, avengers movies that the the russos did at the end there are are awesome and then yeah yeah. i I definitely dislike thor the dark world i definitely dislike ant-man and the wasp i definitely not a huge fan of captain marvel or um uh, I mean, a lot of people lump Incredible Hulk down there. I don't even really count it most of the time when i'm when I'm going through everything just yeah, because yeah. it's it's kind of like a is it a marvel movie? Is it not a marvel movie It's kind of both also kind of fun yeah <laughs> and it, it it has its moments and I've yeah, watched it a ton nice. compared to a lot of them just because my kids are super into the Hulk, so got to watch yeah. a little bit of that
1: and and this is what like the twenty sixth film now the yeah terminals? I believe
0: we're we're at twenty six now
1: And I I guess, yeah,
0: let's just jump into it. What did you feel about Eternals?
1: I mean, say what you want. I think uh, this whole streak of the MCU movies where it's just like 26 movies in a row and none of them are like outright terrible. It's kind of like a minor miracle. I I think people take that for granted. And Eternals is the same way. It's not the best MCU movie. It's not the worst. And I think that's what the discourse around this is kind of, talking about where like oh all these people are mad that it's getting like a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes Mm -hmm. and like we'll definitely um, talk about that they're like equating the rotten score with like people saying it's garbage which is not I think a lot of the takes that I've seen are just that it's kind of a mess but I there are things I liked about this movie I think if you're talking about moving the needle towards something that isn't really Mm -hmm. in the Marvel formula anymore I mean it it's trying to do something, right? And like, why why hire Chloe Zhao if you're not going to include some of her humanist drama elements in, in the movie, which they do. And I think that's some of the best stuff in this movie. It's just, unfortunately, the the Marvel formula stuff in this is probably the dullest I've ever seen mm-hmm. um, in, in a Marvel movie. I, I think the deviants are super boring and un- uninteresting and... and the plot is pretty much just like a retread of, of, of something we've already seen I think we'll get into that later but
0: <laughs> okay yeah for me uh, I, I know you're you're pointing at a, a lot of people really digging on this one I'm kind of one of them like <laughs> yeah I, I yeah. love I love the the MCU I am a giant fan and even being someone at the playlist you know we're, we're really into like those indie awards darlings I loved Nomad land but I just I don't I don't think this worked at all I probably put it if not at the very bottom, really close. And and it was admirably ambitious, but it was just overstuffed with too many characters. It's overlong, it's super meandering, and it commits like the biggest blockbuster sin, especially for an MCU film. It's just boring at a lot of parts. Uh, Like I said, I love Nomadland. I was all for her winning that Academy Award for that movie, but her style and the big blockbuster MCU vibe just didn't mix for me I know she tried to incorporate you know different cinematography style with this lots of magic hour photography and and she tried to mix up the structure of the movie but nothing of that really landed for me which is strange because you know it takes a lot to make magic hour cinematography look kind of bland and boring and to make the mc formula mcu formula not really work at all mm-hmm. so i was just you know it meanders back and forth through time so much and through different characters that you never really get a grasp on any of them too well and the ones yeah. you get to know a bit better i just didn't really care for you know not because the actors are miscast or anything but the the writing feels kind of really clunky characters were kind of bland you know you'd seen a lot of this kind of archetype before i don't think she got the the performances out of her actors that she's known for, which you know, Nomad Land was especially known for, which was this genuine, real, authentic performance. Most of the Eternals just felt super clunky to me and and a lot of exposition there. And then the villains of the film were just like shortchanged super beyond shortchanged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you barely I, I don't think they ever actually speak the name Crow out loud. He's just credited as that, the leader of the. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did you, I didn't even know he had a name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, that's how much of an afterthought they are. Plus, you know, yeah. it's, it gets so bogged down in that philosophical debate. It, yeah. it breaks it up, but it's not really interesting. And it's not very, you know, good. I mean, even the bad Marvel films, like you said, Thor, Thor, The Dark World, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel. They're at least watchable. They're not great yeah. movies, but they're pretty easy to watch. You know, you could throw them on anytime. I'll revisit them once in a while. And I might revisit this one once to see if my opinion holds on second viewing, because sometimes it changes, especially from that first to second viewing. But I don't see wanting to sit through this one again a lot.
1: <laughs> so you got to sit through all two hours and 36 minutes. Yeah. That that runtime is like inexcusable as, really especially is. for something like this yeah there's um, a
0: lot of characters staring off into the sun yeah, yeah. riser set and and just kind of having feelings
1: <laughs> I mean I I like I like Gemma Chan a lot I like Richard Madden but I just don't think they could have carried this movie they didn't really carry this movie um mm-hmm. in the way that uh they wanted them to um they just didn't have that leading Role charisma there a lot of it's just like somber and subdued I think yeah yes it
0: was a very somber MCU film I mean for me it's just a swing and a miss I I'm not really sure what to add in the the pre spoiler discussion it's just a, it was a it was a bummer I I've never sat in an MCU film and had to really be like I really don't find much to enjoy here <laughs> but there yeah. I mean there is stuff that works. I guess we can jump into spoilers we'll we'll kind of do it really quickly here so we can talk about the movie. Again, if you haven't seen the uh, Eternals and you don't want it spoiled, do not listen any further. We're probably going to start listing off things left and right. Okay, so let's talk what worked. Because there were things that worked, question mark.
1: <laughs> yeah, there were um, definitely things that worked. There were definitely things that I liked about the movie. And it's just the execution and that was off, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so um, much in the
0: execution. You're just like, yeah, what?
1: Execution is really off. I mean, just to start off, like, I think there's some kernels of greatness in here where it's just a different type of superhero movie. You know, like these Eternals are, you know, like the stewards of the earth and they find out that like, you know, the, the deviants are gone and their jobs are done. And like, what do you do when you're these all-powerful demigods and you don't have a purpose anymore? Right. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. there's something very, very interesting about that, where it fits totally in line with Chloe Zhao's like humanist drama and like like a tale about people finding their purpose. And, yeah. and, and there's a lot of things where some... you back up like that, at, at,
0: at like a 50 to 50 foot, you know, kind of viewpoint. And you're like, on paper, that sounds good. It just didn't really execute.
1: For a long time, I thought this was going to go in a more interesting direction where like, you know, the Deviants mm-hmm. really are red herring and like they really are gone. And then you have like the Eternals splitting off, you know, some people think like uh, humanity is not worth saving. And then the others are like, oh, we, we need to be like the stewards of civilization and like nurture these, these humans. And then you have like these little factions within the Eternals that are fighting each other. And you get that a little bit to some extent. Mm-hmm. And let's but, not let's not pretend that deviants are a red herring.
0: <laughs> they very much are. I mean they are.
1: they are just because of how boring and and, and dull.
0: Then they're they're uh, ultimately not the real villains. They're just kind of side villains that take up so yeah. much of the time. It's it's a bummer. But I do, yeah, like you said, I like the idea of an immortal race. They're beings that humanity has been molded by to the point that our religion our technology our culture are molded by them they just stop working when they need to be superheroes or are related to the mcu <laughs> which yeah. is kind of weird um yeah
1: and the, and the eternals like engaging with like older civilizations and stuff that's part of the some of the best stuff in this movie i thought that like i wanted to see more of that you know mm-hmm. and like the the normal superhero stuff just didn't work for me The first couple of times I saw their powers, you know, like with the gold filigree CGI, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But then by the end, I was like pretty tired of it. I was pretty tired of Icarus's laser eyes. And uh, yeah, so uh, so much laser eyes. So much laser eyes. (laughs) And finger guns. yeah, Finger guns. Yeah.
0: And I do do think as far as what worked, I think the humor works when it's there. But the problem is that, you know, there's not a, a hearty helping of it. Like there are in a lot of... MCU movies Kumail Nanjiani's Kingo and uh, Harish Patel's Karun, uh, his his little butler character, are yeah. definitely charming together and they're funny. But they're you know a, a not featured a ton. And eventually, you know, a, as far as one of the things that didn't work, Kingo just decides to leave.
1: Yeah, they just sit out the whole yeah. final act of the movie.
0: One of the best um, characters. You're like, all right, peace out, and yeah. me- <laughs> It's it's nuts. But you know, getting back to to other things that worked and characters that worked. Ultimately, I I liked a lot of the ones that were shortchanged. So Barry uh, Keown's Druig was really unique and subtle and charming, but he, you know, he also gets sidelined a large portion of the movie.
1: Yeah. Um, He had had some personality there that I really liked.
0: Yeah. He's, Um, he's just super charismatic. So I'm, I'm really drawn to him. Yeah. And then there's, you know, Kit Harington's Dane Whitman. A lot of people are going to talk about this because, you know, that's, The Black Knight, and, you know, ultimately it is an Eternals movie, but he kind of steals the scenes he's in because he's super charming, surprisingly, in this. He's not like a flat Jon Snow-type character. Yeah, Um,
1: he's got a little bit of an everyman charm. I kind of wish he stuck around. I I, I do agree.
0: Yeah, which is, it's cool. cool. I definitely see a Black Knight film, but hopefully it's not uh, Eternals 2 with the Black Knight. I kind of want to see him on his (laughs) own. But, you know, other characters for me, uh, Don Lee's Gilgamesh. I thought he was super great and underutilized. Obviously he didn't get a lot of screen time with his fate yeah. being one of the characters that gets off. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. I, I also really like the, the progressive elements of the film. I know that a lot of like fanboys are shitting on it for having like gay characters that kiss and have a relationship. But I thought that part was really interesting and it was good to see Marvel leaning into that territory uh, when it comes to, you know,
1: relationships and, and that stuff. But i think marvel tends to have their representation quite performative yes and i feel like this was the best they've ever been without like beating over beating you over the head with it right yeah um yep. it doesn't have that like avengers endgame where all the female heroes get together and like that's that yeah big shot that big splash shot of, of the pandery a uh, really pandery and and i thought this was this was great i thought brian tyree henry's character and i guess it's his husband right and i thought they got plenty of screen time they have a kid together Mm -hmm. um very natural they don't like they just don't beat you over the head with it and i i i I like that
0: yeah Um, and again i liked brian tyree henry in those scenes yeah. Then he turns on the superhero stuff and starts doing finger, like weird hand gestures. And you're like, oh, this is super weird. <laughs> this is not working. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah. And then, yeah, I, I, again, I like the idea of another one of those philosophical points where it's just like the idea sound like the idea of humanity. And if we should continue on to another planet or if we should survive in spite of multiple other civilizations and, you know, the high concept debate on humanity you now for more than our worst actions, that kind of thing. Like there's some big stuff that they talk about and they try to unpack, yeah. but it's just, it's muddled in a bunch of things that just don't work. So on, on one hand, you really gotta like be like, hey, thanks for trying to take the big swing, but it was at least for me, it was a big swing and a miss. Holy cow. I've never sat at the end of a Marvel movie more disappointed and like sad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of a deflating experience, I think. And the big thing is that this is basically just Guardians of the Galaxy too, right? Like I mean, the, the whole storyline, because it goes through the same beats with Ego, the living planet, who's also a celestial, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then he's trying to destroy the Earth to, to make more of his own planets. And yeah. this is basically the same thing. But at and,
0: least we care about those characters and their flesh fleshed yeah, out Yeah,
1: that movie is just so much more charming and witty and energetic than, than mm-hmm. this one. And to just go through the same beats again, um, but with like the uh, the actual gargantuan celestials, it just feels like a rehash. Um, yeah,
0: for sure. Um, yeah. As far as things I have listed in, in what worked, I definitely have the post credit scenes. I mean, for for <laughs> sitting through a movie and then seeing those post credit scenes, I was like, I'd watch those movies. But I I mean, I mean, I guess we're in spoiler territory. The cat's out of the bag anyway, as far as Twitter goes, Harry Styles is in the MCU and he's playing Star Fox, the brother of Thanos. Charming wow. as hell. So that's great. There was some weird CGI with the Patton Oswald you know, character, but you know, yeah. Uh, and
1: that looked really weird.
0: Yes. But I, I do, uh, I am glad Patton Oswald's here. So that's great. He's doing his yeah. thing with, yeah. uh, with both Modoc and, and this now. So I guess he's all over, I guess maybe Modoc isn't technically the MCU, but that makes total sense. But yeah, he's Harry Styles is charming as hell. And I am very much looking forward to seeing his character, but I'm hoping it's not in Eternals too. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing with these post-credits is like a lot of these first reaction tweets are like, oh, you're going to be blown away by these post credit scenes. Um, the MCU's never going to be the same again, and it's always hyperbole, right? Yes. Like I watch them, and they're like, "It's okay." I mean, it's cool. I like, I I didn't know Thanos had a brother, and like, I feel like a lot of the the Marvel fans didn't know that about him either. And like, it's supposed to be like a big jaw dropper, and it's it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. he's charming. Uh, and then the other one is just a tease for uh, Kit Harington's Black Knight, right? Yes, which is which is I, I want to see more of him. You know? Absolutely.
0: And yeah. and yeah, the the little tease there was intriguing, especially with the voice that comes off. Off screen, I recognized the voice, but I couldn't pin who it was. Did you? I believe it was Jeffrey Wright as the watcher. Oh, interesting. A that lot of people are more saying interesting. that. Hmm. Yeah, man, now I'm yeah. even more intrigued. Again, Black Knight movie. I know. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, I guess we can go into what didn't work for you. What were the things that you were like, okay, uh, I like this part, but this could be better?
1: It's just that the two parts of the movie just. Don't gel together, yes. like the great Chloe Zhao stuff, the character stuff of the eternal's guiding humanity and and all these quieter moments, it just does not gel with these flavorless deviants um c g i monsters it's just so boring <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, we've seen this movie before in different ways and always executed better than what we're seeing on the screen. Well, that in like number one for me always is exposition and how it's delivered. In these kind of movies, you have to have it in certain ways. I think the Russo brothers did a really good job at kind of disguising it or making it palatable. But these, oh man, like all the exposition scenes are, are both terribly acted even by great actors. And it's just really blatant. It beats you over the head so hard with just bland, stilted dialogue. So I, I was just really like rolling my eyes at the amount of bad expositional acting that was going on by these huge heavy hitters.
1: It, the pacing is just awful. The mm-hmm. pacing's so bad too. Uh, I I hate to say it, but like that's like a that's like a killer for me because like you get a scene where you're totally into it, and then it just like abruptly cuts to a flashback of, like, maybe, like, 2,000 years before, or, like, another scene of, like, heavy, heavy exposition. Mm -hmm. Like, every other scene is just, like, a momentum killer in this movie, and and it really drains the experience. Like, you're you're just tired by the end of this movie.
0: (laughs) That's that's pretty accurate. You're exhausted by the movie.
1: Yeah, and that's Uh, not, like, the last thing you want to feel with an MCU movie, right? You want to be energized, and, like, you want to be, like, in this fun... Martin Scorsese, your heart out, like <laughs> roller coaster right? And, and this just didn't, didn't deliver.
0: I, I completely agree on that end. And the visual effects though, like y- you'd mentioned at first, it's kind of like, okay, it's fine, you know, laser eyes. But by the end for a $200 million movie, I mean, you look at something like Dune, you look at something like this, that's a vast yeah. difference in how you do CGI effects and how to make it yeah. good and blend with
1: the environment. Um, yeah, yeah. some some things looked good other things didn't look so good i think whatever extent the costumes were practical were really nice i like the the engraved yeah. um suits those were really really good i thought i thought the deviants just looked awful just generic CGI <laughs> so bad, yeah. monsters um and yeah. did you know bill skarsgård voiced crow no way did, did he really
0: yeah what a waste oh of an actor, God. I right? didn't even
1: know. <laughs> they do they do that all the time, I feel. I know, I know. Like these these villains that are just like, you get like hard hitting actors and just never do anything with them. Like yeah. uh, Mads Mikkelsen and Doctor Strange. Like, why'd you even get him? You well, could have gotten least, anyone, right? Yeah. At <laughs> least,
0: you know, he did what he could with the character and he put, you know, whatever he could in those scenes.
1: Yeah, You don't even know yeah, Bill yeah.
0: Skarsgård's, you know, really there for most of yeah. it. He's, uh, hopefully they gave him a different part kind of like they did with Gemma chan here and and speaking of her yeah as the lead of the film she was just kind of bland for me to really care about as a character not a ton of range there very flat kind of performance you spend most of the time with her and she's by far kind of like one of the least interesting characters about it so that's and
1: i know like what Gemma chan is capable of and like she even has this Smarmy turn as the this Cree villain and Captain Marvel, which had more personality than yeah. this, and she's great in like Crazy Rich Asians on that AMC show Humans. She's mm-hmm, really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She just seemed a little enervated in this, just really like tired. I don't know. I mean, I know she's capable more, and like she can probably headline a movie. I I I just think the scripts needed to give her something more to chew on.
0: The writing just wasn't there for this one. There were yeah. a lot of big hitters in this, the the big names, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Richard Madden, probably the biggest names in yeah. the movie, their character probably choices, the performances. Underutilized, yeah one yeah they were underutilized but angelina jolie is this superhero who basically has like super dementia and has she's a like a super a,
1: dementia yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's like basically a, what it is
0: yeah it's a, she's like a superpowered scared mouse throughout the film who gilgamesh is yeah. like caring for except when it's convenient for her not to be and she's yeah. a badass and then you know she goes in and out of being kind of fascinating to what the hell is going on here
1: I I wanted to see more of that relationship. I really like that relationship between Gilgamesh and, uh, and Mm -hmm. Dina, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Some, some really tender stuff that we only got like a fleeting glimpse of.
0: Yeah. The rest of it's just kind of bonkers. She's all over the wall, (laughs) just like off the walls. Yeah. It's, it's pretty nuts. And then you said Richard Madden and I, man, fans of Icarus they're going to have some shit talking to do about this movie. Talk about Marvel (laughs) taking a left turn. This. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the deviants are a red herring and ultimately Icarus is kind of the villain of this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, that choice is going to really cause some debate and it's going to be divisive, but the, the fact that he, I don't know, he wrestled with himself a lot, which, you know, I get, but ultimately I see what you're doing with them, but a lot of fans are going to be upset by this he kills himself at the end (laughs) so you're taking this massive character and making him a villain who ultimately kills himself oh my god yeah i mean
1: he does kill himself right i mean that's that's what we're supposed to take away from that i mean he flies into the sun yeah i i I don't i I guess i don't know
0: (laughs) unless an eternal can survive a you know the the sun and you know they that Eternals 2 starts with him flying out the other side and just going <laughs> ah crap and then just going back to earth and walking around depressed and looking at the sunset a lot I mean there were little bits uh other than that Lauren Rid- Ridloff's uh Makari they're the first deaf uh-huh. superhero kind of just leaves halfway through the movie and reads books on the spaceship uh, like we well, mentioned I feel like she's
1: she's out like a quarter of the way in and she comes back with like 15 minutes left right yeah yeah, that's pretty much
0: it. I mean, you have 10 characters. Why Why do you need 10 characters for this
1: movie? Yeah, it spreads so thin. It
0: really is. It just, you can't service that many characters. I think Marvel has proven you know, with the Avengers that you can make this kind of stuff work, but you don't have any of the groundwork laid out with these characters. You can't just kind of hit the ground running with these guys. And that's why you're going back in time over and over again. And the momentum is getting stepped on over and over and over again. It's just, it's not the best
1: way of doing it. I pretty much want to call this movie like a fascinating failure. I know it sounds like we're shitting all over this movie, but I mean, there are things that I liked. I liked how it's trying to bend a little more towards like art house cinema a little bit. Um, Yeah. You can feel the Chloe Zhao pull. Yeah. But it just doesn't hit that balance at all. But I don't want like these bad reviews and like people like us who, who found it to be lacking to like discourage them from trying again, because like, Mm. I feel like you can hit that balance It's just not there yet. And like, this is, this is just, like I said, it's a fascinating failure. It just didn't work. I yeah. just,
0: yeah, I ultimately, I like Chloe Zhao. I don't think she was made for this kind of movie. And, and that's, that's a bummer when you're, you know, a fan of someone else's, you know, movies. And she even yeah. incorporates like a, a fake documentary in the film, which doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, it, It's just a mess for me. Let's see. Oh, I, I do want to touch on the sex scene that Chloe Zhao insisted stay in the film was it necessary
1: <laughs> for you uh it wasn't necessary but I found it pleasant I mean it's <laughs> like like you never see something like that in the MCU you no know? like, like... And, and it's like pretty g-rated oh um, it, it,
0: very little thrust into the yeah, very little thrust
1: <laughs> uh, but but it's it's nice to see a little sexiness in, in, in these movies, which are pretty much usually very sexless, right? Yes. Um, very puritanical. And and hopefully they do a little more of that mm-hmm. in, in future movies. But um,
0: yeah, it just felt out of place. And it does and feel a, a, a out bit out of place, out of, yeah. unnecessary. You're like, wait, what? I know she said that, you know, it, it was meant to kind of show the bond those, those characters had. But there are so many other ways that you could do that without... Yeah. <laughs> just this sunset sex scene on the rocks or whatever it was
1: <laughs> yeah and and I think Gemma Chana and Richard Madden need a little more chemistry for, oh my for god to pull off that that sex <laughs> scene um yep I mean they're both very very good looking people but I yes mean, they are you, you need a little spark there which I, I do think that they were missing
0: they they really did steer out of the MCU formula but like I said the third act steers right back into it and yeah. then the CGI of it all and the big fight, it just it doesn't work for me. is there anything do you think the third act worked at all or or were you kind of like a
1: I thought some of the action was pretty interesting and and neat, but like not nothing to like redeem how uh flavorless it was. Um mm-hmm. I think Fastos had some cool use of his uh gadgets and technology Mac- hands. Yeah, technology <laughs> hands. Makari had some things to do with her super speed, which I liked. Yeah. You know, like the most interesting shot in this movie is when Makari is using like her super speed and like the landscape zooming in the background. I thought that was actually very beautifully shot, and I thought that was cool. But this movie either needed a better, way better villain or no villain. At all, or like not to split it between Icarus and the Deviants, you mm-hmm. know, um, maybe split it down the middle or something. The, these Deviants just like they drag down this whole movie. I think
0: they really yeah. do, and it's ultimately all to just like the the character Crow finally is able to communicate, and he's just instantly killed off. <laughs> it's just like,
1: yeah, oh yeah <laughs> spent
0: yeah, all yeah. this time building up to that, and you're like, okay, all right, that's <laughs> that's a choice. Okay, so you mentioned it before. Rotten Tomatoes has it as the first rotten film of the MCU as of right now, or at least uh, about thirty minutes ago when I checked, with 199 reviews. Oh, it hit 200 reviews. It is at a 53% right now. So, what do you think this means for the MCU? Do they? Do you think it makes them nervous enough to course correct, or at least emphasize? or not emphasize the Eternals as much or do you I mean like I Marvel? said
1: I hope not. I hope they don't like steer away from like trying to blend in more auteur filmmakers and actually capturing their voices, you know? I don't know. I think this Rotten Tomatoes score is just like is it really a 53%? Yep. I feel like but like you you know what I mean like does it really deserve a 53? I, I do feel like there are other MCU movies that are I mean this is probably bottom tier but i mean even the thor the dark world wasn't this low and at least this tried to take some swings had some more artistic elements in it i don't know i think maybe it's just fatigue mcu fatigue like you had a whole year without it and now (laughs) you've got three disney plus shows uh shang chi black widow this and spider-man i just think people are getting a little tired of it Maybe, I don't know. Um, Well, that
0: and there's not really a lot of characters as as far as the films go to really get the fans pumped up. Like the big characters are all coming later, but they're trying to lay some some groundwork here and introduce like the new MCU and it's not really working. Yeah. Uh, Even though by comparison, I know we, we were more favorable for Shang-Chi, but now I really yeah. just want to watch that again to kind of cleanse the palate and be like, I want to spend some more time with Shang-Chi because that was I know, like I'm really counting down tough. the
1: days for the Disney Plus premiere. I want to watch it again.
0: Yeah, know? yeah. My whole um, family
1: really wants to see that. So I, I want to sit them down yeah. and watch it.
0: So yeah. you you think it's just Marvel should keep doing what they do, don't really necessarily course correct based on one bad film?
1: Yeah, you're not going to please these Marvel haters. like
0: Oh, of course not.
1: These people who hate these types of films, you're never going to win them over. But they have been she- critical darlings up until this point.
0: Even with the bad ones, they've been fairly forgiven pretty easily. And this one, I think, even critics and myself included, I am a Marvel fan. I grew up reading the comics. And I, you know, every time an MCU movie would drop since Iron Man, it would be like an event for me. Yeah. And I'm super looking forward to every Marvel movie. But this time it just, it's kind of diminishing returns. You know, you're- you know,
1: you know what I think it is? It's like a confluence of different things. Yeah. Like the first MCU movie came out in 2008, right? That, that was Iron Man. That's 13 years ago. And, you know, when the other weaker entries came out, you know, even Thor, The Dark World, Ant-Man and the Wasp, that was still like in a period where it was like not like fresh, but like people love these comic book properties. And then, you know, now we're in 2021 and I think just people are a little more bitter. They've <laughs> sat through a pandemic, you yeah. know, and Chloe Zhao just came off of an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. And I think people are just eager to eat this movie up alive, like like say it's it's bad, and just dunk on it and like take that opportunity to call this the first rotten mcu mm-hmm. movie and i mean i'm sorry to say i'm not going to give this a fresh review either mm-hmm. but i'm not going to be like this is garbage you know like it's like chloe Zhao should never make a movie again or no, like no. what some of these people not at all you know like i i'm i'm fair with with how i view these movies and when I think it's just a lot of the different things coming together to make this downward pressure on yeah. on this movie specifically, yeah. which I think is a little unfair.
0: I mean, it, it is what it is at this point. Chloe Zhao is going to keep making movies. Obviously, she's an Academy Award winner now. I mean, I know there were rumors that she was going to take on Kevin Feige's Star Wars film. Do not want that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I hope it's someone else. I, I hope she goes back to... More human dramas i I like those movies that she 's done before i 'm not saying she shouldn 't do a blockbuster ever, ever, ever again, but i 'm thinking she should maybe pick her her next punch pretty pretty well
1: yeah yeah and and maybe collaborate with someone on the script who knows how to write <laughs> like superhero action like compelling superhero action or like you know like a superhero story, you know like she 's mm-hmm. great at. Doing this humanist drama type stuff. It's just these deviants, man. I keep calling these deviants, yeah. they're so boring. They really uh, are. Like, what made them think this was a good idea, you know? To have these just faceless monsters who become sentient for two seconds before they die. Like it's yeah, it's just draining.
0: It's it's an interesting device to get them out into the world, but man, they really draw it out. As far as you know, pulling the taffy on that thing, and it, yeah, like you said, it doesn't work. Um, yeah,
1: and it's not like the twist is great either. Like, no, oh, the Celestials don't have humanity's best interest at heart. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> you're kidding? <laughs> you're kidding? <laughs> that's that's always how these things go. Like these all-powerful godlike beings, you know, they're they're never on humanity's side. So,
0: yeah, where yeah. do you think we see these characters next? Do you think Eternals two, or do you think we see them sooner?
1: Maybe in like a Disney Plus show,
0: yeah, maybe. I don't
1: know. Maybe maybe they just take a break from them. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I know there
0: was there was an interview with one of the producers, and they said, "Well, you know, Eternals two isn't necessarily a, a you know we have to make it." So I don't know if they're reading the reviews and kind of kind of waiting for the box office to see what happens, or or maybe if they're just yeah kind of not sure Listen, that was in I, the plan.
1: I I don't think that this movie is bad enough where it just like. Ruins the whole MCU. No, or like, no, no, where, no, no. Where these characters come into another movie, and you're like, oh, these fucking <laughs> guys again. I hate them. um It's not like that. They're fine. I don't know. They could show up anywhere. Maybe, maybe they do a little hiatus after. I don't even know. Like this movie's probably gonna do well. It's just the critical.
0: Yeah, let's talk about box office. Movie. Where do you think this is gonna land? Black Widow this year did around eighty. Shang Chi surprisingly. I-, I know we were on the low end. It th- th- opened to like 71.4 million the first weekend. Where do you think this one lands?
1: I think somewhere in the middle, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think it's still tracking higher than Shang-Chi. And this one does have a lot of star power attached to it. And then, you know, like Black Widow, Scarlet Johansson, was like an OG Avenger, right? So yep. that had that draw to it. And that was the first one of this year. So I think this one does well. I don't know if it'll have legs, I, I do think that this Rotten Tomato score is helping people like oh I want to see it for myself.
0: Yeah, you know? it could I mean, that always sparks debate especially when a you yeah. know it's an MCU or a superhero movie like if it gets really good or really bad reviews it's going to yeah. Spark some interest at least, but who knows yeah. how long yeah, like you said, who if it'll have legs as far as that goes. We'll see when the audience scores pop up. But then again, yeah. there's the that portion of the fanboy audience that just kind of shits on it before it even comes out, which is unfortunate <laughs> for when you see stuff like that and you're like, "Come on. Like you can't handle a gay kiss in in a movie, so you're going to review bomb it." It's it's unfortunate. Yeah. And but, and you know
1: what? I think I think people are also conflating that type of behavior with like actual measured criticism of this movie like yeah hopefully that we're giving right right um they're like oh you just don't want to see like a diverse cast and like an Asian right. director succeed i was like no i i just want to be honest with my opinion and like the diversity aspect has nothing to do with the quality of the film like you can have yes. a quality you can have a diverse movie and it can still be bad i think a lot of people are still (laughs) struggling with with that aspect Um, yeah for sure
0: if you had to uh, like nail it down give it a letter grade what would you what would you give it at, at this point
1: c c plus okay um i think you're a little harsher than, yes than I, yeah. i'd give it as
0: at most like a c minus but i'd probably c give minus. it like a, a solid d plus which is a first for me so yeah, uh, like I, I said i'm a fan
1: yeah i i tend to reserve my d's for like really really bottom of the barrel um <laughs> but yeah
0: maybe it's just reflecting d for disappointment it is, it is <laughs> why it's really standing out for me yeah but yeah, I mean, we've we've kind of given you the, the front to back on what we think. Obviously, we do want you to see this movie. We want Marvel to succeed. We want them to keep making movies. I think it will succeed. Go see it for yourself. Decide for yourself. And, you know, if you agreed with us, you know, maybe you'll take our opinions next time a little more with a little more weight. But uh, I do want to thank Jeff Zhang from Strange Harbors for talking Eternals with me today. Jeff, where can they find you on the interwebs?
1: You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Strange Harbors. Thanks for having me on. This was great. Yeah.